The Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. Welcome to the Trilogy Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet devoted strictly to movie trilogies. No reboots, no straight-to-cable. Legit trilogies that we have sorted and categorized for you. We bring you info, trivia, and of course debate on which film in any given trilogy is the best. That's right. That's right. That's what we do here. That's what we do in this department. That is correct. Oh boy, am I excited about this one. It's a good one. It's a good one. (laughs) It's a real throwback to my youth. Your very young youth. You were zero when this movie came out. You were one. Yeah, I was watching it on like video. You watch it on video, so and that a really bit later. exactly, and that's going to change how you see these uh, these films, my friend. Yes, and also the fact that they are, uh, of course, based in the year that I was born. So you feel so that's like, got significance to me. Yeah, but you know what? It, it's not, what do you mean it's significant to you? In 1985 is the year you were born. Yeah. Oh, you were born in 1985 when that's correct. When did we say the name of the movie yet? We have not. The, okay. The movie is... Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. The Back to the Future Maybe you should trilogy. hum the music from Back to the Future. Oh, the... Oh. You're really humming a straight... You're almost doing like a Bobby McFerrin thing where you're doing mouth sound effects <laughs> or a, a... I make a lot of noises with my face. Guy from Police Academy. I love that guy. He Michael was my Winslow? favorite in Police Academy. He's your favorite guy in Police Academy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did listen, all the noises. Back to the Future. Is, this movie existed in the time of Police Academy, my friend. That's correct. All right. And Back to the Future is a great film. It is a great film. Okay, it's the, a great trilogy. Well, now you're getting crazy. Because it's a great <laughs> film, but as a trilogy, I don't like it very much. I think it's a poor trilogy if you're going to consider the fact that... Listen, right off the bat... It's important, if we're going to talk about this, to uh, be reminded exactly of what kind of trilogy Back to the Future is. Are you ready for it? Yes. All right, Let's find out. Thanks for the warm introduction, assholes. Back to the Future is an epic film. These films tell their story, reveal their arc, over the course of all three movies. They are usually planned in advance, or upon the success of the first film, the second and third are planned together. I am Trilogy Bot, and you will call me Daddy. All right, so look, when you're talking about an epic-style trilogy, we have to use Back to the Future, all right? Yeah. Um, because all the movies are directly interrelated, bobbity bobbity bop Right. And just the scope of the story is enormous. Each you... movie references the other movies in such a direct way, especially to, you know, the way two directly impacts what has happened in one. The, right. The plots I, cross over. Its epicness comes from how high the stakes are in the, the situation, right. I think. You know? but, but you know what? Also, just the sheer interconnected nature of the plot. I think right. when we're talking about other epic films down the road, we're talking about Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, these kinds of things. Right. These are what you think of when you hear the word epic. You don't necessarily think of Back to the Future to go along with epic. Yeah. So, so I get what you're saying, that we've got to stretch it out and really think of the stakes for Marty and his life in terms of the epicness. Sure. But I thought you, I think you also have to figure in just how interconnected just the plot is and the characters are and how it's woven through the three films, all right? Yeah. Either way, you give the fact that the, the first movie, they hadn't planned on making a second and a third. That's no. a given. But once they committed to making the second and the third at the exact same time, it, it, they drew the first film into that web. 
right. into that way. They had to connect it. They had to make it all make sense. All right, listen. It's important now. And I think I've used the expression, it's important, more than one time so far in the first two minutes of this podcast. But it's important. I'm fine with it. It's, okay. it's not. It's... <laughs> Some things are important. You need listen, to say that it's important. You don't have a choice. You better be fine with it. Now listen. All right. You um, you should probably talk about the first Back to the Future movie a little bit. All right. We got the breakdown right here. When was we said eighty five? Who's the director, my friend? Uh, it's Robert Zemeckis. All right. Not he, much to say about him except for what, Scott? You uh, uh, Roger Rabbit slept with him. Forrest Gump, Castaway. Uh, most recently, Flight. Listen, I would suggest that he peaked with Forrest Gump in his career. Okay? Yeah. Big time. He won the Academy Award. Nothing as big as that since. But for me, his he peaked in my mind as an artist with Back to the Future. Because since Back to the Future, I can't point at a better movie that he's made. No. And I think that's what you have to go Or by. more important. Or right. more impactful to cinema. Oh, gosh. That, that, that's a great example. All right. All right. I got the, the, uh, let me got give the, the, the rundown here. Quick plot. Go. So this is, this is breaking it down to bare bones plot. They go back to a time without easy access to fuel or materials and get stuck. There's only one time-sensitive way to get back. Also, they did something that affected the future, so now they have to resolve that issue before they go back. And neither plan goes exactly as planned, but is ultimately successful, and their present-day life is greatly improved. Did you get that, everybody? Did you get it? If you've seen Back to the Future, then you got it perfectly. If you have not seen Back to the Future... You have no idea what's going on. And I don't said. really understand why you'd be listening to this. You're a fool. First of all, you're a fool. If we you thank you for the interest, the but yeah. <laughs> you should, you should really have seen the required view. We really can't recite the whole film for you. <laughs> you're going to lose something in listening to this if you've yeah. never seen any of the movies. Right. Maybe you're just attracted to Scott's voice, though, and that's, that's good enough. That's okay. That's dude. good enough. Hey. Look. All right. Um, the movie stars Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. And, and to me as a... Christopher Lloyd! Oh! <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Say the... Buddy! We gotta go back to the future! Yep. And the very famous scene in the movie, he points directly at the camera and says those words. Yeah. And they say them a lot. Every movie they say back And again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Zemeckis likes to do scenes in these movies that are just for trailers. Nothing else. Just <laughs> yeah. for the trailer and for the advertising. The, the, the last five minutes of the movie are just a trailer for the next movie, too. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, how many other movies do you know where a character points directly at the camera and says <laughs> the name of the movie, works it in? Actually, the only other one I can think of, and it's totally a, a homage to Back to the Future, is Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine, yes. he looks right in the camera and says, Hot Tub Time Machine. It is a homage. Yeah. Or is that an homage? An homage. How do you say it? Homage. Do you say herb or herb? do the herb? silent French... I say homage. Do you say herb or herb? Herb. So you te- you use the silent H... Yeah. With your When you pronounce the H for French words. Yeah. Like homage, herbs? I never gave it much thought. Anyway, look... <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> Michael J. Fox peaked basically as a movie actor with this, in my opinion. Okay, in terms of yep. his fame in the movies, uh, he's one of the best comedic actors in television history, in my yeah. opinion. In terms of comedic timing, charm, he has it all. Yeah. But his movie career after Back to the Future wasn't meh. 
Yeah, the only other thing huge? I can really think of off the top of my head, because I'm a loser and like it, is The Frighteners, which was uh, that Peter Jackson movie. He was in The Frighteners, was, really? Yeah, with I the I just ghosts. remember the box cover where it's a scary ghost face. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. But the whole thing is, like, he gets into an accident really? and then he can see ghosts, so he talks to ghosts. And, he's in that movie? Yeah, I didn't great. know that. There's actually, connected to Back to the Future, I saw a clip recently of him, like an outtake, yeah. where he's, he has to call to this one old ghost, who I think is named, like chief or something like that and he keeps accidentally calling him doc really yeah and it's really funny where he's like doc doc we gotta uh doc what the fuck am i saying like <laughs> stopping every take oh like, so there's the frightener sort of a it's a comedy about yeah yeah it's sort of like a uh, ghost yeah and i don't know horror. too much about it yeah it's pretty it's good it's worth a watch all right and i would also say that um i also my generation especially likes the movie teen wolf Oh, love it. All right, that's also a good Jay Fox movie. Yeah, yeah. I would also suggest that Life with Mikey's pretty good. I love Um, Life with Mikey with Nathan Lane. The Squash movie, Squash Town movie. Oh, the Doc Doc Hollywood. Doc Hollywood, also solid. Although it's really strange in the movie where the woman, the first time she meets him, she comes out of a lake naked, unabashedly approaching him in the full nude. And then the rest of the movie can't believe that he wants to get with her. Yeah. And and acts like a, a bitch and can't believe that... Yeah. You know, is mean to him. What did I do to well, make you so and interested? He, all he, in he me. wants to get with you. Yeah. He, what are you doing? Yeah. All right. I don't know what your intentions are. So, That's Christopher great. Lloyd, always great. The dynamic of between course. the two of them, fantastic. Christopher Lloyd, great character actor. Great character actor. Seen him characters. in a million things. Yeah. Now he's just pretty much a old guy. Yeah. Sort of. He a, is old. Like a Vagoda light. Sort he's of probably a, the correct age for Doc now. Perhaps, but he doesn't seem to be he very. Was like Forty when he, he doesn't that, seem right? to have very much uh, agility at this point in his life. No, and, no, no, no. And I think that the doc has the necessary agility to, to travel in time. Yeah. Well, they always try to make him a younger doc in all the movies, uh, and we know he pulls off his mystical face in the second the one. whole future thing. It, it's it's it's, it's nonsense, but it's we necessary. Get it. We get the joke. Yeah, you're always looking looking old. Yeah. So, um, those are basically, you know. Do you want to do the rundown of the other two movies? You want to do the... And then we'll just do... I'm calling an audible. It's calling an audible. <laughs> I thought we were going to... You don't want to keep doing the cast members? Because these are basically the cast members for all the movies. Yeah, I mean, but the... Yeah. You want to round it up at all? Round it down? I think we got what we need. I think we know the two important characters. <laughs> I'll, I'll just read, read them all from here. Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm willing to go on. Yeah. So now you're prepared to give me the plot of the second movie. Yeah. We've given no details to the first movie, so I expect right. the same There's thing no the There's no details for one. this one either. Good. We don't I'll want give, any. I'll give you the second. And don't I'll need even, any details. I'll give you the second, and I'll even give you the third. And then well, we just okay. jump right. Because you've already... Well, I'll Let's tell you. Let's see how you do it. Here comes the second one. So, Back to the Future 2. They go to the future to prevent something from happening, which I think is just an outlandish statement. Mm. When they return to the present, they find that they did something in the future that affects the present. They return to the past to fix the mistake they made in the future that affected the present. The plan doesn't go exactly right, but they resolve the issue and they are sent further into the past with their future uncertain. Okay? That's Mm -hmm. two. Two. Go. And three, you've already heard because it's one. It's the same exact structure. Okay. And I can read it again if you'd like. I want to hear you read it again. It is... They go back to a time without easy access to fuel or materials and get stuck. There's only one time-sensitive way to get back. Also, they did something that affected the future. They have to resolve this issue before they go back. Neither plan goes exactly as planned, but it's ultimately successful, and their present-day life is greatly improved. 
Mm-hmm. So if you were going to timeline the whole thing out, really, you can almost say it this way. You can say that they were in the present. Yes. And that because of Doc pissing off some Libyans, Marty found himself in the past, where he had to make sure something happened so that his life would exist in the present, right. namely, get his parents together. Right. After doing so, he returns to the present, where he has successfully not only gotten his parents together, but made them much cooler, much sexier people. Yeah. At that point, though, Doc isn't happy. He now takes them to the future. Second movie. Yeah, and his reasoning for that is... Is asinine. He wants to prevent Marty's son from doing something stupid, which will doom the family. If you want to prevent something from happening in the future, and you know it's going to happen, and you have a time machine, just go back and tell him about it. Just stop it. it. Just tell Marty, hey, in 2015, on this date, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Griff is going to try to get him to do this thing with you. Just him down. Just tell him not to do it. Anything. Anything. It's, it's Dress mess. up when you do it so that there's no rip in the space-time continuum. Yeah. Don't let him see your face. Well, who cares? Don't get me wrong. I like two a lot. But it's got the stupidest reason for existing right Once the they're in the future there to continue the timeline, Scott, they then go to the present and find that it's screwed up because of something that happened in their future. Yeah. It, but because the timeline is already screwed up, they can't then go back to the future to fix it. No. no. They've got to go back to the past on the same night that the first movie happened to stop the exchange of Biff giving himself the magazine of uh, Sports Almanac that will then lead to his yeah. fame and fortune. Yeah. Once they find themselves in the past having completed that and making their present, rectifying their present, making their present normal, because of lightning, again, they find themselves yeah. in the distant past. Right. Which also doesn't make sense because they ha- don't they have to be going 88 to time travel? And they were hit with lightning. And well, we can talk about how... I'm just the, saying. They can talk, you can talk about the mystical like nature of the DeLorean once he gets to the future. Because a sort of little thread is that in the future he can do all kinds of things to that DeLorean. He can make it, get a radium, Mr. Radium for it instead of needing the original... The, plutonium receptor, yeah. he just Mr. Radium, isn't that what it's called? Or Mr. It's Fusion. A, Mr. Fusion. Mr. Fusion can just attach it. He's making it a flying car immediately. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. that happened, everyone. Flying cars everywhere in 2015. God damn it. So finally, to round up the timeline, we go back to the present from the distant past and find that everything is pretty much back to where it should be. Right. Everybody happy. I think it's interesting, too, in, within that, as you're pointing out, uh, they never go, after the, at the end of the second movie, he never goes back to present day 1985 to really know if everything's fixed. What, what, which, in which movie? What are you talking We're about? We're talking the end of two, right? Yeah. And he burns the No, book. he doesn't. He goes to the Old West having no idea that once he goes back to 85, whether that worked. Right. All he knows is that the, they have the newspaper, and the newspaper right. changes, and that's one of my favorite things. It makes me laugh out loud every time, but the, when uh, the, when the Doc Brown committed to Doc Brown commended, just, for some <laughs> reason, just makes me laugh. Are we to assume that the newspaper man is the same, and so his writing style will be the same <laughs> right, either way? Yeah. yeah. We're like changing the article. Oh, he accidentally killed that journalist. (laughs) He never even wrote the article. In fact, he was never even born because of what we did. (laughs) Dear God. Butterfly effect. Yeah. But you know what? That's my biggest problem, Scott, with two. Yeah. And with time travel, travel, pardon me, movies in general. The whole idea, that whole paradoxical idea, you can never have a perfect time travel movie. 
The right. idea being, of course, that because you do anything, exists, because the main characters exist, they manifestly have to succeed in whatever they're doing. It right. doesn't matter. There's So you can say the stakes are high, but because there is a Michael J. Fox, right. in theory, everything would have had to happen anyway. Well, that's what I, I, I like this because this is a... You they know, justify it well in the first movie, Scott. They justify it well in the first movie, and I buy it, and also because I was, I don't know, 10 at the time. Right. But... The whole screwy part of that, for me, was when he sees himself at the end of the first movie. There's two Michael J. Foxes then. And that always kind of screwed in my head when I was a little kid. And what they did was, right. they made an when entire When he's running second... back to stop uh, Doc from getting shot. Right. Yeah. When he gave himself ingeniously 15 minutes to right. do it. Could have given himself a day. <laughs> Could have given himself a week. Week. Anytime. Could have <laughs> given himself time to the warn Doc not to fucking give the Libyans pinball machine parts. Yeah. But instead... I mean, he gave... he's 17 years old. Too, instead, he know. gave himself exactly enough driving time... To get there, maybe a little early, and it's enough running time for him to make it at the exact moment you know that what, it happens. Though, but like, consider, you know, he—I know we forget because the movies go on, and you know, he's not seventeen anymore. But he's a seventeen-year-old, and I think he handles himself pretty fucking well for dealing with a time machine and going back and getting all this stuff with regard to his maturity it. and not sure. losing his mind. Yeah, well, like how he kind of just takes it all in stride. Like, yeah. man, this is another crazy part about growing up. Like. Like, well, he's sometimes you're Doc. gonna have an old man friend who's got a time machine. Well, he's friends with Doc, and Doc has prepared him for anything. How yeah. many? How many kids? How long? We could be doing so many prequels about why <laughs> they're the friends. Of why they're friends. Why an old man is friends with? Listen, yeah. it worked in the Karate Kid because he's training him to do something. Their relationship came out of an event, came through the plot. We have no idea at the beginning of of Back to the Future what has led to these guys being friends. Right. It's just a, a part of the plot. It's just and it ends there. up really not mattering at all, you know. Like think about it's something you talk about that it's stupid. They never tell you that, but at the same time, it doesn't matter at all. And you didn't think about it the first time you. You know what? The that movie. just tells you that gives you a good idea of the eighties, though, because that kind of thing was kind of a just an accepted, no big deal aspect. People understand relationships. If you go, they're friends. Yeah, you know, like that's that. People have perverted ideas about it now. We're sort of jaded now, sure. but it was really. An okay sort of artistic dynamic in the 80s, 70s, and before that, then for there to be a mentor kid relationship and to be yeah. be okay. Well, especially, I mean, you know, if, if those parents were living today, they would not be letting their 17 year old kid go hang out with an old man at his house, you know, well, like, like you say. But, but remember, times. Michael J. Fox is completely different in this film than the rest of his loser family. So you've right. got to think that he's got some sort of spark that he can, he's, he's with it. He's like, yeah. well, this doc guy is interesting. You know, my family is a bunch of uh, losers. They're fucking yeah. terrible. Of course, yeah. it begs to ask, why is he, how is he from that family in the beginning? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. But that's why, then, then there's, okay, there's a good spot for my theory here, which is by changing his parents, by going back and changing his parents and it's making theory. his dad a more confident yeah. guy, he has affected himself because his father would have been a confident guy his whole life, Right. right? So this to me explains why he's that chicken bullshit is in the second and third movie. Nobody he can't can call be called him a chicken. chicken. Yeah. yeah, I think it comes from the fact that he time he rippled right. his own timeline where he added this weird quirk about himself that would ultimately be his downfall. So I think really the only reason the second third movie exists is to clean up the first movie. Like we we screwed up. Like it's gonna of course it's, it's gonna a, affect something. I mean it's an interesting theory. It, it'll, it can never be proven. It's course. as interesting as it, as it is. Equally. That's for my fan fiction. <laughs> it's <laughs> well. <laughs> I was just about to say that's the place it's going to exist best. Right on a thread somewhere where ten people like it. And they're like, that really could have happened. <laughs> You're right. You're holy shit. Yeah. 
That theory makes perfect sense. We passed around Facebook like, this mind-blowing theory and you know, about the Back to the Future time, will the change your mind. The creators and the cast refused to, to say anything about it. We've had to speculate <laughs> this whole time. But we figured it out. They kept it secret the whole time. We figured guys. it out. And now I'm the master of Back to the Future. <laughs> okay, look. Um, listen, I know you like two. I do. One. I do like two. All right. And that's f- fucking absurd. And it's obvious. And I, it's based on what I was saying before. They took the worst part of the first movie where he sees himself, the paradoxical nature of sort of time travel, just turns the world on its head and make the entire second movie about that. It makes it very confusing, needlessly confusing about how that butterfly effect affects this, ba bop ba bop instead of the relationships and the charming, lighthearted humor that came from the first movie and made everybody like it. All of a sudden, it's this... Sort of weird. Yeah, but I think it's just, you know, if you take the first movie and they go, oh, we want to make a second one, you're like, well, what else can you do with time travel besides go back? Well, we can go forward, we can do this, we can. And I think ultimately the movie really kicks into being, because like I say, the beginning of now with the, you know, looking now that we're in, you know, past 2015 and we saw what 2015 was like and it wasn't anything like that, it's a little more cheesy now to see that, I think. And so, like, the beginning's not great to me, but then... It felt kind of cheesy then, Scott. It felt kind of cheesy well, then. Even yeah, well, then it's supposed like, to be. It's, it's, not it's be supposed like to be, like, oh, it's this cheesy 80s cafe. I think we'd know like, if there was going to be hoverboards. We'd have an inkling of... of yeah. It's like the future comes out of nowhere. Anytime they pr- show the future, it, there's no logical thread from our present to that future. It's kind of funny, actually. I just thought that, that, that they predicted there would be such an uh, obsession with the 80s. Whereas, to me, it seems like now there's more of an obsession with the 90s. Goes through account. cycles. Yeah. It goes through cycles because in the early 2000s, people were into the 80s more, I think. Yeah. And but I, I really now, can't see people in, 20, in 2020 going, boy, I really miss the 2000s, don't you? You know what I mean? Like, How do you even define the 2000s? Right. Like, I'm trying to think of like, well, a bunch of great movies came out in the 2000s, but well, great movies are going to come out all the time. Your comic right? book world. That'll be around well, the Well, even, time. I was going to say like, No Country came out in uh, 2008. Uh, uh, there have been good movies that have Kill Bills. Back in the day, those kinds of popular, awesome movies that were well acted, that won Academy Awards, were part of the movie landscape, part of the pop cultural landscape. Yeah. And I think now that kind of thing doesn't become part of our pop cultural consciousness in the same way that a Marvel movie does. Right. It just doesn't. Who the hell's talking about No Country for Old Men? Not really, unless you're a big film fan. Uh, that no year, that year people were going For a second, for a hot minute. But that was a good but, year. That actually was a really good year for movies, too, because you're also 2008? About, yeah, There Will Be Blood came out in 2008, too. Um... Uh, I think that's also when Dark Knight came out. Uh, so there was like a lot of like pretty good film being done. Like not because you know Dark Knight. Not to get off the whole. We'll Spendables? talk about that another time. Isn't let's not talk about out that. in two thousand eight. Yeah, I think so. Love the Expendables. Yeah. Well, let's. But you know what is an Expendable? Let's get back. Michael J. Fox in this film. No, he okay? is. He is indispensable. Flush. Is what he is. He, like, that's what I mean. And he, he handles it movies. very well. Like he makes the movies and is sort of the undercurrent through the whole movie. But I was saying this before, Scott. If you look at these three movies, yeah. the first movie belongs to Michael J. Fox. The second movie belongs to Biff. Yep. So it's a Marty, <laughs> then Biff, and the third movie belongs to Doc Brown and his adventures. Yeah. And that's who the movies are kind of centered around. Right. And Which is why the third movie, especially for me, is really fucking weird. Because it's a romance movie about Doc. Forced. When have any of the movies been about romance? Well... Even with him and Jennifer... She's just a, I mean, she's just a fucking prop in these movies. You she's can't not, say that. You can't say that, Scott, because the first movie, the whole plot is based around the romance of his parents. 
Yeah, of them, but, but they're not they the main characters. You're right. It doesn't you know draw I mean? a logical connection to the romance between Doc and, and Steenburgen in the third movie. Right, but it's like they look at each other and like, oh, wow, you're a woman, and wow. Steenburgen always... You almost died, and I'm really excited about I'm excited. I think that's where that whole romance 30 came 30 years older than you. Yeah, just getting a fucking adrenaline from... Saving you from dying. I can invent changing the name now. of that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Now he's like, uh, like it's in the, and meanwhile in the past he's like, don't change anything from the future for God's sake. I know, and he just disregards. That, that's his what's own stupid about this constantly. Yeah, the second movie too. He's like, he takes him to the future to stop his son. <laughs> from from joining this gang and then goes oh careful Marty you shouldn't know too much about the future like then why the fuck are we in the future really the whole future, I'm gonna find out so much the whole I know how gas stations are gonna be that whole future dynamic in the second one is simply to create a shitty present in the second one yeah it's only a plot device so that we've got a shitty present but that's I, all yeah but I actually think it's, it's half-assed I think it's almost. a really interesting idea to have that's the interesting thing to me is be, is the Biff part of that's of the second movie. The fact that he sees them leave, and then this is the second time he sees it, and he kind of picks up, like he figures out what it is. Time travels back, and like it's just an interesting thing that he comes from the future to the past to give him the self. So by the time he, and it's supposed to be convoluted on purpose, it's but sloppy. I think that's the fun of it is that they made it See, like. But that's crazy the whole thing, like Scott. That. They should have just they should have just kept with the idea. If you're going to take him to the future to prevent his son from doing something that wrecks the family as a pretense for that horrible Biff present, screw it. Just yeah. keep him in the future and make that an adventure in Back to the Future. Just like the third movie is a, a Western adventure tale of Back to the Future. If you don't connect them to one another in such an interwoven way and you simply make them the adventures of Marty and Doc in their time machine, I think you're able to sell to hell with two. You just sell three as a different adventure. And you know what? Your same plot... Will make sense then, because how much? No, and I would agree. If the second movie were like they went to, I don't know, the seventies for some reason and had an adventure in the seventies, yeah. or you know, whatever, or went to the future and stayed in the future, and that was and their the scare could adventure. always be that they're going to change the future, so yeah. you've got to stop something. That makes sense to me. Yeah, that makes that that I can buy that. I can buy the whole time travel world in that respect. Right. You know? If that was the way the movies were going to go. But, like, I actually like that the second movie is not the same as the first movie. It doesn't... It's not really trying to recreate the first movie. It's trying to do something different. I mean, it, it does, of course, use clips from the Come first on. movie. It's but it fucking takes place during the first movie. But the third movie is much more make, remaking the first movie to me. In terms of the plot. In terms of what, what happens. Sake, in the second movie, they are in the first movie. The second movie is in the first movie. It takes place within the, the first, first movie. The first movie is in the... Yes. No, I know. It's but like, it's not about that movie. Dude, it's about an entirely different plot line. And it's... And it's not good. And, and it, it's, it's, it's an excuse it's, for Zemeckis to use like animation and it's, stuff. Because he's big on that. It's like... It, it's like... Uh, the Lion King one and a half where you see Timon and Pumbaa's adventures and the plot of the Lion King is going on in the background. It cheapens the original awesomeness of the first movie. Uh, the originality. I just disagree. The I, I, I think it actually makes it all cooler that you're like, ah, oh, they're still them doing because they still have to have done oh, the thing that they did. Otherwise, it would be... connection whore. Everything doesn't need to be connected all the time and interwoven. I was a Marvel connection whore 20 years ago when I first saw this movie. You just like... like but you're looking at it from the... What the point is, you saw all of them on video. So to you, they were always a trilogy. For me, the first movie was just a first yeah, and movie I remember going, wow, that's really cool. We get to see the old parts from the movie. Yeah, but again, it was always presented to you as all of these movies. 
Meaning, I, I was forced to see them in the order that they actually yeah, came sure. out. Sure, yeah. I so that's going to impact my experience yeah. and yours, too. Because yeah. I think that if I also saw them, knowing it was a trilogy and saying, okay, these movies unfold this way, I might have a different opinion myself. Yeah. But you are still a lunatic that you can't see that one is purely a better movie because of its originality than... I think two or three. No, I, and I think I think one's a better film, and if they had left it alone as just one, it would be highly regarded as like a very good, fun time travel movie. But I think two, for me, was more fun. I had more fun. I have more fun watching two every time because you had to go back and forth. All right, so you know, there's more down. clearly a so bad guy order? in it too. What's your order so I don't get sick and fucking vomit in here? It's two, one, three. You're two one three. Yeah. All right. I'm one three two. Which that I, that's nonsense to me. How I'm you one could three two. Three was better than two. I, I hate them both, but I think three was vaguely better than two because it didn't repulse me as much. Two repulsed me because of that's it, what I mean. It comes. It just comes down it, to personal preference. I agree with you. That the first one would have been had it been left alone would have been like a really groundbreaking and was I think still a groundbreaking movie and was great and original and fun. And then I think, I, for my preference, I just like the second one better than I like the third one. And you just, you know what I mean? Like it comes down to just like personal taste, I guess. At a certain yeah, but point. there's a difference for me. I really hate two and three. You seem to really hate three, but like two I like and the one. First you just happen like to like two. two over one. Yeah, I preferred I because it's got more different. Uh, and honestly, maybe I'm just a location whore. Maybe it's just because they're in the future. I think alternate you, 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 you use the expression whore twice now in reference to yourself. Maybe I'm just a whore. <laughs> I'm no, just but I called a you dirty, call- dirty, dirty whore. <laughs> That's good. What I am. I'll change the name of the show to Vin and the Whore talk about fucking no. trilogies. We talk it we call we'll just change it to whore confessions. Oh, and I'll God. just go, I'm a whore. You're a whore for every And that'll be the only confession I have. Nerdy ever made pop cultural I thing. You know yes. what? I am too to some degree. And I am a whore for the original Back to the Future. So yeah. I really have to strongly go go one three two just because I love one so much. See, I could see I, I would more understand like if somebody said, "Oh, I like it," I, I would say my order is one two three. I'm like, well, that makes sense to me because it progressively the idea is gonna. I mean, that's and we talk about that's a yeah. classic thing that happens with trilogy, but one three two that throws me for a loop. <laughs> it throw, throw, it throws, throws, you for, throws me you know, for I'm a loop. I'm gonna give you a chance to calm down for a second and yes. let's listen to Stupid Phil, who we sent to the West Coast. Oh, good. Yeah, good. He, yes. he sent something back, and yeah, we we uh, sent him out uh, for a little Back to the Future location. A little Back to the Future location. We want him to find Hill Valley. It's in the third movie. It's indicated that it's in the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Yes, the fictional town of Hill in, Valley. It's actually Northern shot on California. the famous Universal Studios set. In right, the, that famous town hall that they used during the tour. Actually, you can see it. Yeah, it's, it's completely uh, it's completely there except for the clock tower, which I know is a movable part. Yeah, um, but yeah, we sent Phil. Out to the West Coast. Want to see if they have those, uh, you know, futuristic gas stations now. Futuristic. Ga- and we also, yeah, we wanted to see if they have um, any of the caves. Yeah, find yeah, the caves. yeah, where they hide all the, yeah. So we just sent him there, and um, so this is what he had to say. Good afternoon. This is Philip Cassell, your West Coast correspondent. And I am not in Hill Valley, California, because Hill Valley is a fictional fucking town, Vin. I am on the highway, uh, just outside of the San Fernando Valley. I've just hiked back because there's no signal. So if I'm a little winded, uh, I am here to cover the town of Hill Valley in conjunction with their Back to the Future episode. Uh, And uh, much to my 
chagrin. It appears uh, Hill Valley ain't real, guys. Yeah, it's not real. All that, that was a Universal Studios lot. That was just all fake buildings. So, uh, thanks. You know, I'm here. Feel kind of taken advantage of as I uh, navigate through a, a fictional fucking town. Um, so thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Um, you know, maybe next time, tell me to go into the Redwood Forest for Return of the Jedi. I would love to do that because that fucking exists. All right. This is Phil, West Coast Correspondent, signing off. You can't see the middle finger, but it's there. Bye. Phil's useless, Scott. <laughs> he knows he's useless, and that's the sad thing. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Well, I think we use him in that way. But you know? I, you know what? When I sent him out to the West Coast, I really thought that he'd be able to give us a different view of the trilogy that we're not seeing here in New York City. Yeah. And the view is a sad one. Yeah. Because he's sad. Okay. We uh, would be remiss in mentioning a few other things about Back to the Future before we uh, leave you that I think is super funny. Yeah. I think it's always important to mention that these movies are based upon the sort of uh, fish-out-of-water idea. The idea that right. Marty is seeing what his parents were like when they were his age. What, yeah. Sort of the fantasy that every kid has. Every kid says, you know, what were my parents like? What was my teacher like when they were my right. age? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marty comes across as a pretty hip kid in the 80s as far as I'm concerned, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's his got girlfriend a super hot girlfriend. Hot, and he's not cool by any real standard. He's like little. But even, I guess he's like scrappy, you know? He's even like his guitar a, is tiny in the first movie. It's this weird electric guitar. It's sort of teeny tiny, has a long neck, and the bottom is yeah. kind of small. Well, he's a little guy. He blows himself off his feet in, yeah. in the beginning, yeah. would have killed himself in real life. That I wonder if like a normal-sized man uh, did that, would he have been blown back? Listen, if, you're, if a, a sound blows you off your feet, I feel <laughs> that science will agree with me that the insides of you will turn to a bloody pulp. Maybe the riff did. was just so sweet. That's what blew him back. It wasn't the volume. It was just like, man, I really got it going on when it comes Ladies to Ladies and gentlemen, feel free to email <laughs> us at the uh, Trilogy Podcasts at Gmail. No, that's not what the... It's going to be the Trilogy Podcast at TrilogyPodcast.com. We're not sure about Try them both. Try them both. Okay. There'll, and, be, there'll um, be more accurate information. And you can tell website. us what note Marty plays that's so sweet that blows him off his feet. That shouldn't have rhymed. God, so sweet it blew him off his feet. I also like this. It sounds like a Casey Kasem thing to say. Like, this next one's so sweet it'll blow you off your feet. That's my Casey Kasem. Had a goddamn Casey. dog <laughs> tribute, and I got to talk about a goddamn dog dying <laughs> every time coming out of those up tempo fucking numbers. I love that. And poor Casey Kasem, his family is. Dealing like spread, spending his money, and he's still kind of he was still alive for a while, yeah. and he was like in a coma. Yeah. His creepy wife, who was in a couple of movies, she played um, she played Carla's ex husband Nick's new wife <laughs> in Cheers. Yeah, and I don't know whether she was in the spinoff as well. That was the Tortellis that was briefly going on, but the Tortellis. I also think how it was funny how Marty got around on a skateboard, grabbing vehicles. That skitching. It didn't happen. You, well, you, you can seem do to it. Think it did happen, but I was I've alive in 1985. I've done it before. 
Well, like you know, in a parking lot in a controlled environment where you, I won't hurt myself. No one but, got around that way. Is what I'm trying to say. No, I'm sure not. Which is what makes Marty like exceptionally cool. You're hitting this right away. If you hit this, the seam of the the curb or the or the driveway, transitioning from the street to the driveway, you, your wheels are going to stop. You'll be killed. It's so dangerous. Well, you got to let go of the car while it's still moving. Because if you you're still holding on to it and it breaks, you're going to slam right to the back of it. It's very dangerous. Of course, it's dangerous. But Marty's cool. He's so cool. He's got the hot girlfriend. Yeah, look at him. He's fucking whipping around town. He's totally rebelling against his dorky. He's got a piece on his family. arm, you know. I think um, it's also he had worth it made. mentioning. He had it made. He had it made. Oh, hey, he, yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, he maybe. had it made, but he wasn't able to get the cool car. Yeah, he could bitch. Ah, oh, my parents <laughs> couldn't take Jennifer down to the lake because he yeah. didn't have the cool car, which oh, wasn't no. cool once he got it. That four by four Just, down to the yeah. lake. He's get like, a car a and of, bang her in the car. Like, yeah. What are you taking her down to the He's lake? He's like, throw a couple of sleeping bags in the back. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. creepo. Yeah. It's your idea of a perfect date. Go like, yeah, what are you doing? Fuck you're outside, literally just the driving lake. to the side of the in lake and you're banging her in the truck. Those kids like, are doing coke off of each other in a hotel for fucking $16 yeah. an hour. Don't kid yourself. Yeah, that's right? what it should be. Yeah, we'll go down to the motel and get a $20 hotel yeah. room. Especially like, in filthy we'll, Hill Valley. We'll get Valley. the hourly rate. And Hill then, Valley looked disgusting. Yeah. Of course, they had homeless people in it in this small town. Red. Red, the homeless guy who doesn't get a character name until the second movie. Yeah. No, he... They Doesn't he they say, say he in said movie? in the first movie, but it's not clear he's saying Red's name. He's like, oh, Red, you look great. Oh, when Everything he gets, looks when he first great. Gets back. Yeah, but you yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of blow past it because it's the first time you hear his name. And you're like, but then he clearly says it in 2 in yeah. alternate 85. And, exactly. and that guy's timeline didn't change at all. Didn't, wasn't which helped. I think is hilarious. <laughs> There's just some people, nope, they're just always a homeless guy. Red. Like. He goes, damn. <laughs> Damn drunk drivers. Yeah. Or whatever is <laughs> funny jump drunk. So I love the, the scene in the first one where we meet Goldie Wilson before he's mayor. Mayor. Yeah, mayor. You'll see Mr. Carruthers. Yeah, it's a little bit. I'm going to clean up this town. You can start by sweeping the floor. And you know It's what? like a scene from a different movie That's, all of a sudden. Scott, you just nailed why I like the first movie so much. Because it really reflects the sort of non-PC way of presenting comedy that yeah. was sort of common in the 80s. Yeah. Like, they go there. They're mentioning weed. I don't want to mess with no reefer addicts or yeah. whatever. That you got in incest Yeah, but theme. the racism is mild. It's yeah. mild, but it's there. It's still... I wouldn't say it's racism. It it's just, they keep it light. Exactly. Yeah. They keep it light. They don't, yeah. you know... Because even just, Mr. Carruthers, you're like, he's not really a racist. He's just a grouch, that old well, Mr. Carruthers. probably like, a Klansman. Stop by sweeping the floor. He was probably the head Klansman of Hill Valley. Don't <laughs> kid yourself. He was the grand wizard. Don't kid yourself, okay? And the <laughs> All man, right, let me put my hood on The man in 55 seemed like a racist, too. This movie could have been Mississippi Burning, okay? <laughs> yeah. He seemed like a racist, too. It was like, Al, yeah, what true. was his name? It was like a very white name. Mr. Carruthers. No, no, the name of the mayor. Oh. The the mayor in 55. Oh, When I he was going know. around in the car. And it was I forget like, now. Like it was Al, like Joe Thomas. Al, Al like a, White or something. something like, like, you know. Very much like that. Yeah. All right. So, but I am ready. But I love those. There's an incest think, theme. There's a peeping. He's a peeping Tom, the father. Yeah. The brother's in jail. If there's a, Even though it's a comedy, they really kind of find the comedy in sort of these edgy things. You know yeah. what I mean? They're not afraid to play around with these sort of edgy things. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like natural 85, but looking back now, it makes it almost cooler. Well, I didn't really mean to bring up Goldie to talk about racism. Sorry. You know, that's not really my... (laughs) 
<laughs> I should. I'm not really an aficionado. I, I went there. To, yeah. So you, you, you're edgy. Sorry to sorry to ruin our very much like but Back it, to the Future <laughs> podcast by going racial. But by going back and seeing that scene, how weird it feels. Like it feels like like they're not even focusing on Marty at all during that entire scene. And like it just made me feel like they this was like they knew they were going to make a Goldie Wilson movie. Like offshoot movie that they dropped in just a yeah like like you're saying like the Marvel movies work where it feels like that like Please. they were that's what they were attempting oh, to oh do. you think that if like if like that Gold, Goldie made, Wilson a Back to the Future story you know what I mean <laughs> that's that's what, I'm ready to fund that Kickstarter today Goldie Wilson he started out working yeah. in Mr Carruthers Diner <laughs> and rose to the top as mayor of Hill Valley and then then after that every one of his children is mayor like. Mayor Goldie Wilson the third in 2015 too. Like, remember my grandfather, and also I'll make a car fly. That's also just a service he provides <laughs> as you, mayor. As the more you say, just the name Goldie Wilson. It's such a racially Goldie charged name Wilson. they gave him for God's sake. Yeah. Goldie. That just sounds yeah. so like we got Where one black character. In that's the movie. what I'm saying. We He's get, naming him Goldie. We get a standalone Goldie Wilson movie, oh. and we'll figure out where he. And got the that other name. black guys are smoking weed, dude. They're totally smoking weed yeah. before they perform. Yeah. But you know what? Go run home to your mama. It goes to show you they saved his life. They sacrificed the hand of their lead singer to break into the trunk to yeah. save. He could have suffocated in there. Yeah. He could have suffocated. But that's the, you know, the pits and perils Marty. of time travel. Even a cut hand like that would have stopped the music. And it wouldn't have been. He had to fill in. Otherwise, Your cousin Marvin Berry. <laughs> you know that sound you're looking for? I'm so glad you brought it because that's my absolute favorite thing in the, <laughs> in the entire world. Like, <laughs> he just got him on the phone backstage. Hey, yo, Chuck, it's your cousin, Marvin Berry. Chuck Berry's just sitting around waiting for an inspiration when his cousin Marvin called him and was like, here's a high school kid that happens to know your most famous song. Yeah. Copy it, Mickey, note just, for note. I just wrote that song. <laughs> like, that kid's a sorcerer. Like, how did he do that? <laughs> the timing was off. And, like, it, like it wouldn't have affected that song. Like, if he was like, oh, shit, somebody already wrote that? Never mind. And then not wrote that, it. but he's dancing around like a crazy fool. <laughs> I'd do that, too. <laughs> that's what I'd do. What? But that's, like, it, that's another paradox, right? In the fact that Marty plays that song. That guy hears it, calls his cousin Chuck, and tells him about this song, and plays the song for him. And it doesn't affect that he would not write that song, right? Like, that song's already written. Right. And then he writes it again? Yes, he's so he's not just inspired, he plagiarizes his own song. Right. Is what so what you've just made, you've made Chuck Berry not a living, uh, not a legend, but... You, you think you've cheapened him. A, a thief. But he's th- stealing from himself. That's how they justify Kinda. Yeah. Our, but in his mind, he stole from that white guy. You're right. You're you right. Know? It makes him... it His intent... Is to steal. Like, he should have, like, been really guilted the rest of his life after that. You know what I mean? Again, you're looking maybe <laughs> too deep. And only you're thinking about this. Well, because that's the way it works. You know, it's these ripples and it becomes a tsunami, you know? Listen, like the butterfly I think it's thing. enough to believe the fact that we don't know the exact second in the minute that the lightning struck the tower. So there's no logical reason to think that it happened at the exact sure. moment that it's... Sure. You know? We yeah. accept that at that exact second they somehow knew. Who knew? How'd they know? Which second? Science. But and, that's why this and is And the a... doc takes a blast from a lightning bolt, and he's fine. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah, he's okay. Some people well, get hit by it. lightning, and they're alive. They, 
Didn't affect his future. Didn't affect his Made his lifespan. hair crazier, though, you know? It's like, look at me. I look like an old man. <laughs> I'm an old man. Oh, what what didn't happen, though? Weren't you going to tell me? I made you... I wanted you to tell me the things that were suggested in the second movie that were going to be a part of the future that didn't really happen. Oh, I mean, there's tons of them. But some of them did happen, but some didn't. There was, yeah, there was I, always some internet controversy over, oh, the, the Marlins and the Cubs won. It was off by a year. Right. It was yeah. off by a year, but they did wind up having a team from Miami. Yeah. All right, so that much was true. Yeah, that was one of those I had to be like, oh, right, because there was no team from Miami. So right. he says, But there was that Miami? internet hoax that went around for a while that was like, this is the date from Back to the Future where yeah. they went back. And it's like, no, it wasn't. You're just yeah. manipulating no. the date. Yeah. Check Snopes, ladies and gentlemen, for that yeah. information. Always. But um, Always I think uh, we got it all. I yeah. think it's worth mentioning that Crispin Glover... Was a lunatic. Sure. And um, didn't appear again in the second and the third movies after being in the first movie. Nope. The reason... He hates just, money. He didn't agree with the direction that Zemeckis was going. It's like, you just shut up already, Just shut man. up and work, man. You're, you know, we thought it was You're a quirky, interesting character. No, he's just a fucking freak. Yeah. He almost ticked Letterman in the face. All of his other art has been strange. He's yeah, really, you know, the what is it right was his movie a few years ago that was like had a bunch of like little people in it. Yeah, it he's just strange for strange sake. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you just nailed it. Yeah, unsuccessfully. Yeah. All right, so he didn't appear again, but then he sued because they tried to slap a mask on the new character that was playing him, the new actor rather that was yeah. playing him, and put a Glover mask on him. Yeah. And um, he basically said, "Look, you can't use my direct likeness in that way." And one. Right. The asshole yeah. one. Uh, Doc getting drunk in the third movie. It's just absurd, the whole thing. The man's never had a drink before, and when he has, he has one shot, and then he falls asleep immediately. Well, no no person on the planet reacts that way to liquor. In movies, he doesn't get sick. In he doesn't movies, get... they act that way sometimes, though. Well, in another movie, directed by Robert Zemeckis, right. Roger Rabbit, Roger Rabbit. goes bananas when he has a shot, too. But the thing is, that's a cartoon, so you're like, He's who knows how it would affect man. them? Right. But, like, you know... Doc has become such a caricature while you're trying to get me to buy that he's he's going to marry this woman he met and saved mm-hmm. like you know a couple of days ago and that he's so in love that he's going to risk his life and yeah. uh, it just he becomes he's not a human being anymore to me in the third movie and then like, just kills the whole premise at the end when he comes back with the train like I'm staying here Marty yeah and I built a new one because I could keep fucking around in time because fuck everybody yeah. What? Because now I have love in my heart. It's exactly. It's evident right. that Doc really doesn't know anything about time travel. No, yeah, you're right. All right. So that has been Back to the Future, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed the trilogy podcast. Please tune in for more exciting trilogies. We're going to cover them all. We're going to get through every single one. And please check out the website, trilogypodcast.com. This has been Vin. And this is Scott. Have a really, really great day. Zoom!